0: Can you feel it? The instability, the disruption, the raging storm. If we don't feel it now, we have before, and we will again. So how do we weather the torrent of change in this life? And how do we navigate our own inner tempests? Can we learn to build our lives with wisdom and stability and can we learn that no amount of success or consumption will be enough to ground our souls we can and we will when we follow the words of jesus anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise like a person who builds a house on a solid rock Well, good morning. Once again, I'm so happy to speak with you this morning. It's always a joy to, to be up here. Um, so I have a question. We have a memory verse and I was wondering if anyone could say it without having it on the screen. So if it's on the screen, okay. Okay, great. Perfect. See Shannon, he, he knows he was right there with me back there. So, uh, can anyone say it? Here's a hint. They just said it in the in the video. Let's see, Eli. Fantastic! You, if you didn't hear that online, but he said it. So, uh, for for our online friends, let's say it together. One, two, three, go. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Matthew 7, 24. Very good with the reference. Okay, so this is actually our last um, day in our solid series before we move on into our Easter series. You heard that right. Um, <clears throat> So, we're going to wrap this thing up today, but let's start with a story. Let's start with a story that's a twist on that story from our memory verse where the wise man built his house upon the rock and it stood through the storm, and the foolish man built his house upon the sand and it got, what was it, Brett? Splat? Flat. Splat! That's right. According to the song, right? Which is. um, doctrinally accurate. So, splat. So here's a twist on that story. Here we go. There was once an aging king who challenged three of his subjects to a contest. It was quite simple. Whomever could build a platform and live on it for a whole year would inherit his kingdom. They had one month to build the platform. One month. So one of the three subjects was a wealthy man with a lot of gold. He thought about what to do with the platform and then he realized, I have so much gold. I can melt this gold down and cast the gold into a platform that I can stand on and surely I will win. So that's what he did. The second subject was a very, very religious woman. She had memorized all the moral codes and she showed up at the house of worship every day and she had collected dozens of dozens of spiritual books and she had many copies of the holy text. So many copies that she thought, I'll build my platform out of my books. So that's what she did. But the third subject was a little girl who didn't have much at all. She had nothing with which to build her platform, and she didn't know how to build anything anyway. Soon it was the day of completion for the platforms, and the king was coming to examine the platforms and begin the year-long contest. The man with the platform of gold, he was ready. The woman with the platform of holy books, she was ready. But the girl had no platform. She didn't know what to do. It was in that moment that the girl heard a voice. The voice said, I will be your platform. You can stand on me. Though she couldn't see him, she chose to trust his voice. So he got down on his hands and knees and she stood on his back. But when the king arrived and inspected the platforms, the girl appeared to be standing on nothing. It looked like she was floating in thin air. The king thought it must have been some magic spell and assumed it would wear off any minute. Then then the girl realized that no one else could see the one she was standing on. But it didn't matter. She knew he was there. She could feel her feet secure and safe on his strong back. Well, within one week, the wealthy man decided to come down from the platform because he got bored and decided he should spend all of that money. Within six weeks, the very religious woman's books became saturated with rain and fell apart and crumbled, so she was out. But the girl, the girl persevered because she had decided to stand on and live on the back of the one with the voice, and together they inherited the kingdom. Remember that story, because we will come back, and we will need that in a few minutes. Okay, so we have heard in this series so far, Pastor Melody taught us that being solid, the kind of solid we're talking about, it doesn't mean rigid or guarded. She taught us if we choose the wisdom to listen to and obey the teachings of Jesus and follow his example, then we're on our way to a solid life And she also taught us that it's more about just believing and trying to change our behavior right it's about completely embodying who jesus is it's about an intimate trust in him as the solid place that will give us his solidness and then last week brett talked about that jesus is both our foundation that we build on and the cornerstone he's the bedrock we tie our lives down into so that we're safe in the storm. And he's also the cornerstone that we align ourselves and our lives with so that all we build is built to last for his glory. So this week, let's get into even more of a practical space with this. And we're gonna take sort of a case study um, to look at someone in the Bible who learned a few times what it can look like to be solid in Jesus, and that person is Peter. So we're gonna look at two moments from Peter's life, two really important moments from his life, and we're gonna see what he learned about being solid and building on Jesus. So first of all, let's go over to Matthew 14 and read this story. Uh, Okay, here we go. Verse 22, and we're actually going through 33, not 23. That's my bad. All right, here we go. Matthew 14. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves. Because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them. No big deal. Walking on the lake. When the uh, the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, Tell me to come to you on the water. Pause. The faith of Peter. It's not all the way faith yet, right? It's like, if it's you, then you tell me to come out on the water. But it's faith. It's enough faith. And Jesus can work with a little bit of faith. So verse 29. Come, he said. Then Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. You think? You think? That was my translation, and it just says, you think? Um, so a little harsh, Jesus, really? Oh, you have little faith, why did you doubt? He was gonna drown, right? But what was he doing right before he drowned? Uh, walking on water. He was already doing it. So Peter finds himself in a situation that is extremely unsolid. In fact, thinking about Brett's message from last week about sitting at the bottom of the pool, Walking on water is not far from that, right? It's about as unsolid of a situation that you can find yourself trying to stand on water. So how can this story be about solid foundation and Peter learning about that if he's literally walking on a liquid? Well, maybe Peter finds solid ground not because of where he's walking, but because of who he's walking with. Does that sound true, church? Peter finds solid ground not because of where he is walking, but because of who he's walking with. Jesus is what makes Peter be able to walk on water like it's a solid. The presence of Jesus and Peter's faith in that faithful presence is what does that. See, with the story about the house, We can picture ourselves there, right? That makes sense. That feels safe that we're in the house, solid foundation, tied into the bedrock, and the storm comes and we'll be okay because we're inside, right? But Peter is exposed as unsolid as he can get in no sort of shelter in the middle of the storm, walking on the water. See, I think that's where we can learn something about the truth and the presence of the person of Jesus, that he is the solid ground that we stand on, even in the middle of the sea. Let's put it this way. Peter found solid footing with Jesus because of his faith that Jesus would make him solid. So his faith substantiated his footsteps. Or maybe we could say it like this. Peter's faith turned waves into walkways his faith turned those waves into walkways. Let me explain that over to Hebrews 11, one that faith chapter. And this is how it starts. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for substance. That's interesting talking about solid. Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's our faith that substantiates, creates substance to the things that we do not see. Are you with me? Does that make sense? By faith, our solid foundation in Jesus is realized, literally made real, you see. Peter's faith that Jesus was his firm foundation made liquid into solid. Let's look at the message version of this verse, and I'm not making this up. The message version, Hebrews 11.1. The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. Isn't that cool? I didn't, I didn't do that. I didn't make that up. That's what it says, and the Greek, you know, agrees with that too, with both versions. Remember the girl from the story at the beginning of this? She couldn't see the one who was the foundation she was standing on, but by faith she knew that he was a solid foundation that she could count on. It's when we take Jesus at his word that he's the solid rock that that truth is made real in our lives. That's when we know that there's nothing that can destroy the house of our lives. Or if we find ourselves feeling like we're outside of that house and in the middle of the storm, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So let's look at the second moment from Peter's life. The second moment from Peter's life comes from Matthew sixteen thirteen through nineteen. I like this story. Verse thirteen When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets but what about you he asked who do you say i am pause right there that is always the question jesus is asking is it not that's always what he is getting at who do you say that i am so he puts it to them simon peter answered you are the messiah the son of the living god a plus peter if he was in sunday school he would get a sticker That is some epic and cosmic language going on here. So what are we talking about? Well, some people and some groups and denominations have said that that means that Jesus was going to build his church on Peter. And I understand that interpretation, I really do. And Peter, to be fair, is completely Integral and instrumental in building up the first church, right? Totally. But maybe, maybe Jesus is using a play on words here, which he's known to do. You know, Jesus had a sense of humor. Do you believe that he was a whole person? Yes. Yeah. So I think it's a play of words going on here. And here's here's what I mean. See, Peter's name means what? Some of you know it. Rock, Rock, right? Peter's name means rock. And that's the name that Jesus gave him. Like, change his name to that. So I think he's using a play on words here because the rock that Jesus is referring to, I think, is the truth of Peter's confession that he is the son of the living God. You see... When you take the rock, uh, the, the word Petros, Peter's name, it means like a pebble. And then when he says the rock I'll build my church on, that means like a, a, a stone face, like a big rock, like half dome in Yosemite, like a, a huge rock. So he, he, I think it's a little bit of a play on words here. Like, that's right, rock, wink, Peter. And on this rock, this confession, when my church says you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God, this is the rock, the bedrock that my church will be built upon. See, God's kingdom, his church, it isn't built on our backs. We we can't do that. We're not the solid rock. He is the bedrock that we build on. And we are the ones that build by faith, realizing, substantiating of the truth of what he is and who he is. And the church isn't built on Peter and it isn't built on us, right? It's built on the rock solid truth of Peter's confession that you are the son of the living God. By our faith in who he is, the house of our lives, the house of uh, his church, and his kingdom become real. Gain substance in this world. So what does all this mean practically? Right. Let's revisit that memory verse again. And you know what, Shannon? Let's not even put it up. Because we know it. They know it. Of course, I can cheat because it's right here on my computer. But um, I guess, kids, you have it on your paper too. But I'll tell you what. I won't look if you won't look. So one more time, let's say it. Matthew seven twenty four, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds his house on a rock. That was way too on the spot. I had to look. I'm so sorry. Forgive me, Lord. This is how we do it, practically. We listen to his teachings, and we obey them. When he teaches us to be near enough to our enemies that we could turn the other cheek or near enough to our enemies to where we could give up our coat and our jacket or near enough to them to be serving them to go another mile. When he teaches that, we take it seriously. When he excoriates the proud practitioners of false and empty religion, emphasizing behavior management over the transformation of the heart, and we listen. When he teaches us that we don't need to spend our days in worry and anxiety, but instead we're free to be fully present in the abundance of the love of the Father in each moment, we believe it. When he loved the unlovely and he forgave the outcast sinners and he healed the rotting lepers, we pay attention. When he received rest and food and shelter because he was a homeless missionary prophet we learn to receive too. When he stole off in a boat or went to a garden or up on a mountain to pray and be still, then we take notice. When he commanded us to go and he commanded us to love and he prayed for our unity, we make it our life's mission. Amen? Our choices about how we speak to people who annoy us our choices around how we use the money we have, our choices around how we treat people that have nothing to offer us, our choices toward people who persecute us, our choices we make when nobody is looking. These are the ways that we choose the wisdom to listen and obey the teachings of the man Peter called the Messiah, the son of the living God stepping out in faith to allow Jesus to transform us as we obey what he says and does, that is building on a solid foundation. That's why the man that builds on the bedrock is called wise. See, church, it's more than being moral, isn't it? It's more than behavior management and looking the right way. It's confidently and faithfully rooting in, down each day, each choice, each relationship, each moment in the bedrock of who Jesus is and what He has taught us. Now, I know that we don't always feel solid. I know that. I know that allowing Jesus' presence and His words and His teaching and His example to transform us, for us to embody His nature. It's not a switch to flip. It's a lifelong journey. And sometimes we are shaken. We are shaken to our core by the wind and waves. Even as we're walking on the water and the storm begins to take over and dominate our senses, and all we know is that we're sinking, like Peter, our faith falters. It's it's going to happen. You've been there. I've been there but our faith can grow. Let's go to James one. James one is how he puts it in verse two. Said, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything in all they do i don't want that you don't want that we don't want to be unstable in all that we do and double-minded and tossed by the wind we can find stability even in the storm when our faith grows in the person and the teachings of jesus we grow in wisdom and we grow in perseverance We do not always have to be tossed around like a wave in the storm. We can be solid. Remember our story that we started with again? The wealthy man, he counted on his riches to stand on. And the religious woman, she counted on her knowledge and her correctness to stand on. And we, too, are tempted every single day to build on something other than Jesus. Is that true? We have temptation every single day to try to root down into some lesser love, right? Like if we can afford enough comforts, we'll feel solid. If we have savings for college and for the next house and retirement, I'm solid. Or if I know enough and I behave correctly, I'll feel solid. Or if I pour out myself enough, I'll be solid. But let's just be frank. Those are lies. Anything we are trying to root down into as bedrock that is not Jesus Christ will not result in a solid life. Is there wisdom in some of those things? Yeah, it's okay to save money. There's wisdom in that. But none of those things are the source, the bedrock upon which we can build our lives if we want to last and stop being blown around in a storm. None of those things are the cornerstone by which we can align everything else. So, church, may we learn like Peter to allow our faith to substantiate waves into walkways. May we learn, as Peter did, that the starting place and bedrock for anything that lasts is the son of the living God. May the houses of our lives remain steady in the storm, becoming safe shelters where we can teach others to build the same. May it be so. Band, you can come on back up, and let's pray. Lord, um, I don't know, I feel like I feel like there's some listening that we can do when it comes to things that we have convinced ourselves um, that will give us the solid foundation that we're all longing for. So God, Spirit, would you just open us up to your audit? (laughs) Would you just... Expose those places. And we know that can be uncomfortable. We know that can be painful. But that's growing pains. So God, show us what it is and where it is that we've been trying to find solid footing on. Or comfort or safety or whatever it is. And God, give us the wisdom to surrender it. To root it out. And for those of us that it feels like we're not even in a safe house in the storm, we are out on the waves like Peter, God, teach us that when we take you at your word by faith, in other words, when we are confident in your faithfulness, then you make our steps solid. Spirit, I ask that you go ahead and, and just continue to teach this to us. Just let it be fresh in our conversation, in our minds, in our prayers, in our meditations. We can really ask ourselves these things. God, so that we surrender those things that are false foundations. God, may we be people, families, a church that is tied to the bedrock of Jesus Christ. God, that nothing can tear down that house when it is rooted down into you alone and what you have said and what you have done and who you are. We trust you, love you. Thank you for teaching us. Continue to do that. We will listen. Amen.